0: Welcome to Audio Blobs. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. I hope uh, everyone's ever.
1: uh, had a lovely Christmas and we're all full of uh, food and, and new gear. Presents and new gear. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, new gear. Uh, so this week, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. Normally, you know, we've done 15 minutes on one thing, 15 minutes on another, give or take a couple of minutes. Um, this week, we're going to look at uh, compressors and all types of compressors and compression and kind of go through what a compressor does and how it does it and why you'd want to use
0: one and where to use it and where not to use it. I think it's a good idea. I think we should do a few of these types of things where we focus like a kind of, I want to say a deep dive. A deep dive. It's not going to be that deep. It's half an hour on compression. We could spend a month talking about compression, But but a relatively... Uh, as comprehensive as we can be about compression yeah so uh Danny's going to start I'm going to start Matt just looks at me Danny's going to start Danny's going to start because Matt doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is this is one that's worth doing, and I think the reason we we talked about reviewing a few compressors and a Bing a few different things yeah and I've just gone through uh, I've moved away from an amp head that had a compressor on it, so I had a TC electronics base head oh yeah which had a built in compressor, which was great. And I got so used to having it there that when I moved and started playing with a different amp head, I really missed the compression. So I spent a lot of time looking for a compressor that suited my needs. I spent a lot of time reading about compression and I started to learn quite a bit about compression whilst I did it in the process. So we were just going to AB a few things and I thought, well, we can't really just spend 15 minutes talking about compression. So, for, we'll start with a really basic explanation of what it does. Yeah. So, for people who don't know, basically, compression uh, grabs the louder parts of your signal and just squashes them down. Just turns them down. Yeah. So, it's like manually turning down the bits where you play really loud. And that's actually all that compression does. There's a common misconception that it brings the quieter bits up in volume.
1: Mm, Yeah. But it doesn't.
0: The very act of compressing literally turns the loud bits down. Now, that then allows you to turn it up.
1: Yeah, it means it allows you to turn up whatever you're working on or with, whether that's an amp or whether that's just a signal. allows you to boost the signal so the quiet bits are as loud as you want them, stick a compressor on so that then the really loud the bits, loud bits don't, don't take your face off, off yeah. when uh, when it starts to play. Yeah,
0: and a perfect example of that is if you're mixing a singer. Because yes. human voice is horribly dynamic, as I know every week when I edit this podcast. Yep. Um, the human voice can go from being absurdly loud to absurdly quiet very, very quickly. Um so when it comes to mixing, what you want to be able to do is is get that in a more sensible place. Now, compression isn't the be-all and end-all, especially with vocals. Yeah. In terms of kind of uh, dynamic reduction, uh, you're still going to have to do some automation and some little bits and pieces and possibly separate parts, mult parts, and split them up and have them running yeah, at different well, volumes. But it will get you in a much closer ballpark. Yes. Um, I'll bring compression in. If I'm doing a mix, I'll press play, bring the faders up to a place where I think they're good, and I'll leave them there. And then that's when I start looking at compression. If I can't get something to fit, if suddenly it's jumping out at me later on than where I had it, or if I find that it's suddenly disappeared into the mix, you go for compression. Because then what we're doing is we're reducing the dynamic range, basically. Yep. So you can get hundreds of different types of compressors. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yes. And on my uh, compression journey i found ovnilab.com yep so that's o v n i l a b.com we love ovnilab oh it's the best website oh yeah it's so good it's just reviews of compressors and i don't know and it just does compressors yep. it does nothing else i don't know how many are on there i mean hundreds there's hundreds of compressors on there and the guy who writes it all seems to really know what he's talking about. Yeah. And there's a really good little kind of FEQ, like a like a overarching, this is what compression does, this is how you use compression. Yeah, completely. Um, so I think if people are kind of a little bit confused by the range of compressors you can potentially buy that are out there, OVNI Lab is a really good place to start. Yeah. They've also made their own compressor, which... I have really, they? Yeah, I'd quite like to try. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, if
1: he knows what he's talking about, then hopefully he'd have built something that is fairly comprehensive and works well
0: yeah they've done quite a few different uh revisions of it i think there's been three now possibly okay i'm not sure i might be talking crap (laughs) (laughs) um yeah there's multiple types of compressors and they go from having the most basic controls to the most advanced controls you could think of
1: yeah well, you can go from everything from a compression pedal that sits on your pedal board with two knobs. With on two it. knobs, so both you and I have one. Actually, you've got an extra switch on me. I've got a, I get a free switch. Do you get with a free my switch pedal. with your pedal. I've got literally two dials and yeah. and a button to turn it on and off. Yeah, and you can do everything from that, which is painfully simple and great for live. Or you can go right through to you know some of the mad things that you can get as plugins or oh, like as actual hardware multi multiband which, stuff yeah.
0: and we'll we'll explain more about how multiband compression works um or Danny will anyway I will explain how multi- <laughs> it's a very simple principle once you get the idea these are all very simple concepts yeah. and i think a lot of people uh, misunderstand something or possibly don't quite get how the concepts interact with each other
1: i think the the big thing like uh, compression is always seemed as one of those things that you should know how to do, but it looks and sounds way more complicated than it is. Yeah. And it isn't. It's literally, it's, it's those peaks and troughs in your signal and you just reduce the difference between yeah. the lowest bit and the loudest bit. That's, yeah. that's it.
0: I've got, I mean, I can understand why people are overfaced by it. So I've got, just got a picture up of the standard Pro Tools compressor. Um, the, the Digi design one that's been in Pro Tools for God knows how long. Um, and it's a little bit overfacing at first. Yeah. A lot of compressors, this has got a ton of different knobs, but a lot of compressors will have just one or two knobs. So there's all these different compressors, and you can quite easily be overfaced by them. Um, but if we start at a simple end, something like an LA-2A, a Teletronics yep. LA-2A, yep. which has got two knobs on it, and you can they all pretty much do exactly the same thing. It's just the number of options you're presented with varies from compressor to compressor. So if you look at the LA-2A, you've got a peak reduction knob and an output gain knob. Yep. As you turn the peak reduction knob up, more compression is applied. Okay. Uh, As you turn the output gain knob up and down, you adjust the volume, which is going back out of the processor yeah. back into your signal path into your desk or wherever you're going to yeah then you get into uh something like an 1176 which is a very uh an equally revered compressor is yeah it's probably the word to use okay that has got an input and an output and then a attack and release times and this is this is you see this principle carrying through you've got an input and an output and then how much compression you're hitting it with yeah so if you turn the input up, the amount of signal going into the compressor increases. Yeah. And if you turn the output up, the amount of signal leaving the compressor increases. Yeah. Really super simple.
1: Yeah, completely
0: easy. Yeah. That's the two main knobs you've got on 1176. You can then change the attack time. Yep. And the attack time is how quickly the compressor kicks in after it senses an amount of signal. So if you have a snare hit... Yep. If you have a fast attack time, the compressor will kick in pretty much instantly the second it hears the sound, and it will start to squash that sound if that sound is too loud. Uh, If you have a slower attack time, it'll let a little bit of that initial sound through before it starts to squash it. And that's really important with uh, percussive sounds with transients and attack. We've talked about transients before, and I think it's worth quickly explaining that the transient is the beginning part of a signal yeah it's the first bit of waveform essentially so all i mean when i say transient is the the start of the sound it's just worth noting because we'll probably use the word transient quite a lot yeah so yeah if you've got a a fast or a slow attack it depends that's affecting how quickly the signal is then being compressed the release is basically the same but on the tail end so after it's so after the compression started acting and you've you've Compress your signal, if you've got a quick release it just comes off again yep. and it stops compressing or you can have a slow release which means that it'll it'll slowly bring the level it's compressing by down over time yep. Those are your four most important, badly described <laughs> <laughs> controls on your compressor um, Those compressors that I'm talking about, so the LA-2A yep. and the 1176 have fixed thresholds So that means Okay, so you you can't alter the threshold on on a lot of compressors. What you do is you you alter it by changing the input. So it is set at a point. It's the the compressor knows that when the signal goes over this particular volume, I kick in and I start squashing it. Yeah. Um as you turn the input or on the LA2A, the peak reduction knob as it's called. Yeah. Up or down.
1: So I, I suppose that as you turn the as you turn the input knob you're turning the signal. you're literally turning the volume that's going into the compressor up. up. So the bits so the the dynamic range that we were talking about the quieter bits are louder going into the Compressor. Yes. So the louder bits are much louder, so therefore are being compressed faster because they're being, being compressed more yes. because they're going over the threshold quicker yes. and by more.
0: Yes. So let's say you're you're 1176. for instance, by default it's let's say that the um the threshold is set to to minus three dB. Yeah. Okay. So if you've got a piece of audio. That's hitting minus five dB. the The compressor isn't going to do anything to it, yep. because it's not loud enough. Now, if you turn the input knob up, it sees that same volume. It's not compressing underneath minus three dB. It's still compressing anything that goes over minus dB, yep. minus three dB. You're just giving it more volume, yeah. So it compresses it more, yeah. Uh, the other way to deal with that is to have a threshold on your compressor that you can manipulate yourself. Yeah. So now then you get a fre- threshold knob. So now we're adding more and more parameters that yeah. we can adjust to our compressor. And all that does is it tells it when to compress. Yeah. So if you bring the threshold down, it's doing the same as turning the input up basically. Yeah. You're you're saying above this point compress. Okay, now I want it to compress above minus five dB. Turn it down a bit more. I want it to compress above minus ten dB, and you're getting yeah. that compression at a lower volume instead of feeding the compressor with more volume to compress. Yeah, if that makes sense. As we start to get into even more intense compressors, we start getting uh, variable ratios. Now, this does exist on the eleven seventy six in the so form the of four buttons.
1: Yeah, you've got it on there. You've you? got
0: four buttons on there. Yeah, a lot of compressors, especially a lot of outboard compressors, do have fixed ratios.
1: Um, yeah you were saying a lot of a lot of pedals do as well yeah a lot of
0: oh yeah both the pedals both that we've the pedals looked at that today we're looking at later on have both got fixed ratios yeah the ratio is how much it compresses and that's figured out as a ratio that's why it's called the ratio so you yeah. so on 1176 your compression ratio buttons are 4 8 12 and 20 yeah and they're all to one, so four to one, eight to one, twelve to one, twenty yep. to one. Um, for every two, let's say your compression ratio is two to one. Yeah. For every two dB you go over the threshold, it will only allow one dB through. Yeah. Okay. If so, let's stick with two to
1: one. So, if your compression ratio is set at two to one, the input signal has to cross the threshold by two dB. For the output level to be increased by only 1 dB.
0: Yes. So, for instance, if you're 4 to 1 and you go 4 decibels over, only 1 decibel actually goes over the threshold. So it's clamping down. It's reducing it by 3 decibels. Yeah. Bringing 3 decibels off the top. Yeah. Now, if your ratio is still 4 to 1 and you go 8 decibels over, it will allow 2 decibels through.
1: Yeah. It's it's comparative, isn't it?
0: Yes. So, in that respect, an 8 to 1 ratio is higher more compression than a 4-to-1 ratio, because yep. if you're set at 8-to-1, when you go 8 dB over, you allow 1 dB through. Yep. So you're actually compressing more. You're allowing less signal through. Yeah. Now, that can potentially go all the way up to infinite number In- to 1, infinite, yeah. which is a limiter. It's a brick wall limiter. Yeah. So when you go 1 dB over, it goes, no, I'm not letting that through, and it just flattens it. And yep. any... any volume over your threshold is just completely flattened it's just chopped off (laughs) so that's it's a compressor is essentially the same as a limiter in that regard yeah i think this is a good place to uh talk about the fact that we're going to chuck some uh screenshots of some of the waveforms that we're going to do today oh yes, and we'll (laughs) chuck them up on the website um audioblobs.com we'll stick it in a blog post or something yeah definitely uh just so you can look at how it actually acts on the waveform because you can see that what we're talking about you can see it clamping down on that you can
1: literally look at the waveform the the completely dry uncompressed waveform and you can physically see all the peaks troughs you can see the entire waveform and how it's acting yeah and then you can stick a compressor on it and you can literally see that See it catching. You can see those... that catching and just squashing it so it's completely yeah. smooth and even all the way yeah. through.
0: And I found actually when um when I was learning about compression, that was a really useful tool for me. So we yeah, being able to see physically on a waveform what it's doing. Yeah. Um so we'll we'll upload those for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um there are some you can get really, really deep into the settings within your compressor and how yes. you're compressing things. And we won't talk too much about it. Um, but you can uh, you can have sidechain inputs, which allows you to control when to compress based on another signal. Okay, yeah, So the best example of that is uh, when you listen to the radio, Although I think they often just turn it down and turn it up again. But, they, yeah. you know, you listen to the radio and they've got those beds of music going on in the background. But when the presenter talks, yeah. the music ducks out of the way. Yeah. Well, that can be done with sidechain compression. What yeah. you do is you say to the compressor, don't compress unless this other signal over here is making a sound. Yeah. And when this other signal is making a sound, then get this out the way and compress it. Yeah. That's in dance music, that kind of everything getting out of the way kick drum out the way of the kick drum sound you get where stuff comes kind of synths and stuff come whooshing back in after the kick drum that's side chaining so you're saying to the compressor don't compress until you hear the kick drum make a noise yeah a lot of compressors will also uh, allow you to filter the incoming signal but what it only does is it filters how the compressor is reacting you don't hear the the change okay for instance if you add a low cut to your incoming signal the inside the compressor, the compressor will only react to the high frequencies. It will ignore all the low frequencies. But what you won't hear on the output is a low cut signal. Yeah. You hear the full signal. It's just what the compressor's listening to to know when to compress is affected by the low cut. So it'll yeah. just hear all the high frequencies. Yeah. yeah. And ignore all the other stuff. You can do stuff like that. You can you can put specific frequency cues in. So you can cut something out if it's really heavily reacting to say something at 400 hertz yeah you can cut 400 hertz out you can boost something if you want it to really react to a particularly harsh nasally sound that's a similar kind of deal to multiband compressors which is uh just a compressor built split, split up across eq bands yeah so you can have three or four bands the the, the wave c4 is just what I what I put on everything that goes yeah. on drum buses it goes on vocals it goes on mixed stereo buses and that's just adjustable frequency so you can say to it okay between 100 hertz and 600 hertz compress like this yeah but then above 600 hertz compress differently compress like less or yeah. compress more or yeah and that's really useful um you can get into really deep stuff parallel compression which is also called uh, New York compression, whereby you have a completely dry signal, uncompressed signal, and a really, really heavily compressed signal, way heavier than you would compress it. It's great for drums, it's great for vocals, and then you blend the two together. And that's that's great for drums because you've still got the initial transient intact because you you have your initial drum part completely uncompressed. Yeah, of course. And then you can bring in your compressed part on a separate fader on an aux or something, fade it in, and that adds the compression without taking away from the transients. Which is always good. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to do with compression, but I think if people start with the basics and don't don't open up a compression plugin or something that's just got a hundred knobs on it. I mean, there's and try and understand what all of them do. No,
1: you know, it's it's. I would say start with something like the eleven seventy six.
0: Yeah, because super that gives simple.
1: you a little bit of wiggle room in terms of attack and release, and allows you to change some ratios, so you can actually kind of you know play around with some ideas and things like that. Yeah, but it's also at the end of the day, it's four knobs and a couple of little buttons. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's good plugins for this stuff as well. You don't need... I mean, we're sitting in Danny's studio again, and you've got a couple of
0: uh, outboard
1: clones, yeah. 1176 yeah, clones. Yeah, we'll talk
0: about them in a second, um, for sure. But you
1: don't need those. You know, there are plugins that do that. Are there any good well, free plugins?
0: There, free there, will be free, there will be free 1176 compressors. Uh, I'm just going to have a look. Um, but, uh, you know... Even down to like Pro
1: Tools and you know Logic, Pro Tools, Cubase will have an equivalent or something similar. Um, and a lot of them, I've noticed a lot of um, a lot of plugins now. Have you seen this? Where they've got the simple simplify button?
0: Oh, and it just gives you the, it, you the know, most basic. It gives you the uh, most basic, the tools. essential, yeah, knobs and buttons, um, basically.
1: So almost, I would say, if. You can find a compressor somewhere
0: on whatever. Um, There's free plugins of yeah. compressors. Well, there you are then. Pro Tools comes with eleven seventy six compressors, and and the logic the, the default compressor inside Logic is, if you if you start ignoring the this the is this bits. is what we're saying, yeah. if you, you start ignoring the more complicated stuff. Yeah. So the Logic is really simple. You've yeah. got a a threshold and gain, and you can you can get a good sound out of. Just, just using those two, pretty messing much. Messing with the threshold and the makeup gain. Another thing that's worth noting is uh, gain reduction meters on compressors are really useful.
1: I know, because you've got those on the 1176s. Yeah. I was going to ask what those were, because yeah. I couldn't so remember. Yeah, so
0: it's just telling you how much it's pulling off the top. So for somebody who doesn't use software, this is something that bugs me about the um, OptoStomp, the pedal that I've got, that we're yeah. going to put some bass through in a minute, and I think some guitar. Yeah. Um, It doesn't show me how much I'm compressing by. And I'm really used to seeing how much I'm compressing by. So just looking at the Logic compressor now, it's got a little meter. Yeah. And when it compresses, you'll see that meter fill up. And it just tells you how many decibels it's taking off the top. Yeah. So if it's hitting three... I mean, the 1176s have got uh, VU meters. Yeah. And they're just popping down from zero every time the compression's kicking in. And it's coming down to three, five dB. Yeah. So... A really good place to start is just to heavily compress something. So you're getting, say, 10 dB of game reduction. You yeah. can really hear what it's doing. Th- I mean, this you can really is the hear thing, it's, how like how hard it's, it's working.
1: It's go way further than you will probably ever use this. Yeah. So that you get familiar so you with really one, what it sounds hear like. What yeah. it's doing. But also so that you can really see. And understand when you push this button, when you turn that dial, when you turn it up to, you know, minus 500 million dB, you can kind of go, right, that's what that's going to do. Because it's the only way that, you know, it's the only way I've ever learned things is no matter how much you re-listen to this podcast
0: on compression... How much you listen to us waffle about yeah, compression. And, and
1: badly describe it. Go, just go and just load up. You know, if, you're, if you've got a Mac, if you've got an iPad, it's on GarageBand. Garage yeah. You know, this stuff is everywhere. Um, and it's easy and simple. And the GarageBand ones, I have to say, are really, really easy to use.
0: Okay, so before we go on to playing with audio bits and pieces... It's worth talking about like the three main types of compressors. Yes, okay. Um, so we've got VCA's, yep. FET's, and valves. And we can talk a bit more about valves in a minute, because there's a lot of stuff out now that calls itself a valve compressor, and it's kind of not. Um, but to go over them quickly, so a VCA, which is a voltage-controlled amplifier, yep. that's what it stands for, yep. uh, is just a simple transistor-based circuit. Effect compressor, which stands for field effect transistors. You can tell I've written this down. Yes, you can. Um, It's just a different type of circuit, basically.
1: It is, yeah. It's a different type
0: of transistor-based circuit. It's a bit of an older style. Slightly
1: higher sort of signal-to-noise ratio kind of going on. But, yeah, effectively, it's still just a transistor
0: compressor. Yes. And valve compressors, which just... Compress the signal through a series of valves, basically. Yes. Through, yeah. through certain ways of valve staging. Yeah. I don't know enough about this stuff to explain them properly.
1: No, I mean, again, this is where um, OVNI Labs is going to come in amazingly. Because yeah, it's, super it's useful. all up there. Super just, useful. Uh, it's just, you know, days worth yeah. of reading. There's some great on Sound
0: on Sound articles about compression as well that I've read before.
1: Do we need to talk about opto-compressors We do need well. to talk
0: about opto-compressors because it gets lumped in... As, yeah. as kind of one of those types. Uh, but it's kind of not because an optical compressor works basically by uh, the the input volume of your signal controls a little light, yeah. which gets brighter with volume. So yeah. if it's louder, it's brighter. Yeah. And that just tells the compressor when to act. So all it's doing is it's reading the, the the brightness of the little light inside of it and it's going, okay, now it's really bright. I yeah. need to start compressing, essentially. yeah, exactly. It does get lumped in with that, that category because you can have a, say for instance a valve compressor which is controlled by controlled an optical by circuit yes. like the LA2A. Yeah. Um. So we've kind of covered a couple of those with the stuff we've got in today. Yeah. So, so y-
1: I mean we've looked at what VCA.
0: We've yeah, looked your, at an
1: optical compressor. Your Keeley's a
0: VCA. Yeah. My My uh, BBE is an opto stomp. Yeah. It's so. an optical compressor. Yeah. Um. The Eleven seventy six clone I've got is a FET compressor. Yep, and then we're going to play with the Wolfcom just for a laugh because it's great. Because and it's the noisiest I thing on the planet, plug but it's amazing. Good hurts enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so let's um, let's look at a couple of examples for yeah. some things. What should we start with? Should we start with some piano?
0: Yeah, we'll start with the piano. Um, it's worth talking about uh, kind of how we've done these. So. They'll all be level matched, yeah. Which is always hard when you're talking about compression because it's a it's a tool that you use to make things louder, yeah. So the the only kind of objective way to listen to what it's doing is to actually make sure you're a bing them at the same volume, yeah. Because only then can you really hear what what effect it's actually having on the yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they'll every example we play will be completely level matched. And we'll talk about the exact process we went through for each one. Yeah, for sure. So first up, oh. we uh, played a little bit of piano. Um, so this is just literally—it's a MIDI piano, isn't it? It's just this going is just, yeah, this is Pro just a Pro Tools Mini Grand. It's a lovely little piano. That's not for, for getting. I use it all the time for getting ideas together and stuff like that. Um, so let's just listen to the dry sound that we've got first yeah, before so we put any compression on it.
1: Uncompressed, completely empty.
0: Okay, so my beautiful piano playing. Lovely. You get to hear a lot of my early on a Thursday morning musicianship today. (laughs) Yeah, and mine. (laughs) It was a very late evening last night. So what we'll do is we'll uh, send it out through one of my outboard uh, 1176 clones. Yeah. Which uh, are made by... Now, the 1176 is a universal audio thing. Yes. uh, Very, very, very well-known compressor there's been multiple revisions of it um multiple different ones are sought far more highly than others yeah um they're not
1: too i mean you can buy brand new ones and they're not
0: they're not they still they do still make them um but if you try and get a pre-owned i've just stuck this into ebay and you've just seen how Uh, much these go for yep if you get a pre-owned uh revision b which is what's what's Affectionately known as the Blue Stripe mm-hmm. because it was silver and had a blue stripe of paint over the uh, VU meter. Yeah. Uh, if you get a good pre-owned one, you're looking at upwards of ten grand. Nice. Um, Whereas your copies, which are my copies, were I think I paid about four fifty. Yeah, which is for them pretty good. So yeah, these are they're made by Warm Audio. Um, Warm mm. Audio do some really good stuff. I am uh, for my Christmas present to myself a late Christmas present to myself, I will be getting myself a couple of their Pultec EQ clones. Just looking at them now, they look Really nice. They're really nice. They're also releasing a... uh, I think it's an 87 microphone clone. I'm not sure. W-A-87. Yes, yes. Yes. But no, these these are brilliant and it's just lovely to have a couple of, working in a studio, it's just lovely to have a couple of outboard compressors to put compression on stuff on the way in. Kick drums and bass guitars and stuff like that. Commit to that compression, commit it to tape and get it going in. But they're worth looking into. They're reasonably priced. I got my uh, 1176 clones pretty cheap compared to what they go for. They go for about 600 quid. I got mine for about 450 each. That's pretty good. Um, so anyway we digress yeah we did digress let's listen to that dry piano again and then we'll listen to it through the 1176
1: so it's worth pointing out as well it's played at, uh, on a Thursday morning which on is a never Thursday a good morning. thing but also it's played a little bit deliberately so you've got some dynamic in there so that when yeah. you hit the when you when we when pass we it through the, the 1176 um, you can hear the
0: difference okay here it is doing. squashing especially on those peaks at the beginning yeah definitely deliberately a good amount of compression so that we can hear it yes um we've got some more realistic we'll put some more realistic ideas on the the guitar and bass stuff yeah probably um but that's you know we were getting kind of eight to ten db of game reduction on those initial hits each time um you can really hear it just bringing everything in line and because it's brought those down it allows us to bring the sustained sound of the piano up up yeah um without the the peaks deafening people yeah uh so we'll play the dry again and then we'll play it through the wolf compressor sure um which is from good hertz. uh and it's the greatest compressor plug-in ever made yeah <laughs> so dry and then wet <laughs> So what I really like about that is it still sounds dynamic. It does, yeah. We're getting almost as much gain reduction, almost as much as we did with the 1176. It's doing almost the same amount of compression, but it's still got a lot of dynamic, it still feels like it it's feels, got a lot of dynamic range. Yeah,
1: it still feels very human, which yeah. is great.
0: It really brings up the sustain as well. Yep. Again, it yep. really, really heightens that. It's it's just a really nice compressor. It's
1: basic, it's, it still sounds like someone is, obviously someone's playing it, but it still sounds like someone is playing it live. It's just a... Nicer yeah. sound yeah. of that person. It's very
0: much a character compressor, though. Yeah, you can't get kind of transparent compression out of that. It just—it's not. Happen. It's not yeah. designed for that. Um. Okay. So we've also got a uh, bit of bass here that yep. I played very badly on a Thursday morning <laughs> uh, when I still didn't have enough coffee. So with the bass, um, it's worth talking about. Uh, how I normally have this set up yeah, because that's influenced the the order of compression that yes, we decided definitely. so as a bass player I can't work without compression yeah. I, I just don't function <laughs> um, so I've got this BBE as I said earlier I, I had a, a TC electronic bass head that had a compressor on it that Already was designed in, to be yeah. yeah, just on a big knob and I could go how much and it was that was it it was just how much yeah. compression do you want it did everything else for me Um, and so when I got rid of that head, I really missed having compression. Yep. So I did a lot of shopping around. I ended up getting the BBE Opto Stomp. Yep. Uh, I can't vouch for it enough. It just sounds great. That's a nice sounding thing. But there are several versions of it. okay. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to make sure you don't get one of the bad versions. Uh, some of them had issues with um, output levels, just weren't high enough and stuff yeah. like that. Um, all of this, I all of that information I got from Ovni Labs. So you can read all about that yeah. on there because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're great. So what we've done is we've recorded dry bass, but then I've recorded it with the opto stomp on because that's my tone. That's how yeah. I play. And then we've gone and taken it and run the already compressed opto stomp tone and I've put that f- back through the eleven seventy six. Yeah. Because if I was recording bass, that's how I'd do it.
1: Yeah. I yeah, would yeah, record
0: yeah. an an already compressed tone. It's it's not a huge amount of compression I put on the Opto Stomp, but it's, it's just a little bit, isn't it? A but good deal of de- of of compression just to tame the peaks and just allow me to kind of not have to worry about playing so ridiculously consistently. And I'd yeah. record that tone, and then I'd compress that to fit it in a mix properly. Yeah. So, do we have your dry bass signal? So, we have my dry bass signal first, and then I'll play the opto stomp one without the 1176 on it. And then all. And then I will play the bass with the opto stomp and the 1176 on it. I'll just play yeah. them one after the other. <laughs> Much kind of much, much more much consistent, smoother, yeah, and then with the eleven seventy six on it as well. And that just kind of puts it in a really manageable place. Yeah. Thing is, with bass guitars, it needs a lot of compression. Yeah. It just it, to to sit in a mix properly, you just have to put a lot of compression on there. And I think the eleven seventy six adds quite a bit of depth to it. Again, it's quite a it cat, adds it's quite a lot of volume as
1: well. I'd note, you know, going from if you go from the first one to the third one, for example, you there's a massive, noticeable volume, uh, not. It it's, is a boost, but it's it gives it makes it more rounded. Yeah, makes the whole it's a, thing it's more a rounded.
0: Perceived volume thing, though. Yeah, it is. It's it's not necessarily louder because the peaks are still in the same place, volume wise. Yeah, it's just all the other stuff has been able to be brought up to the to that to, same to a similar volume. volume to the peaks. Yeah, and so you get the illusion of it just being bigger and more consistent and louder, basically. yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And last up, we've got your guitar.
1: Yeah. So, um, this, so I've got the, the Keeley, the two knob compressor and I've had it for years and years now. Um, and to be honest, it's been one of those things that I've, I used immediately when I, when I got it. And then i spent a couple of years gigging without it cause I was gigging with a messer, which, was a bit unruly when you put a, a <laughs> compressor in 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 the front of it or this one particularly. Um, and um it's a it's a great little pedal. It's just literally got it's got sustain and an output as other two dials on top.
0: Yeah. Um it's Which really is simple. Compression and output level basically. Yeah, exactly. It
1: is the amount you want to compress and then how much you want as the makeup gain, how game. much how much yeah. you want at the other end. Um, So if we have a a listen, this is just my dry guitar. Um, So that's clean. So this is with um, just the Keeley. So you can hear that it's just smoothed everything out. basically just squashed the top and brought up the bottom um which is uh it's it's a good thing um what i will say with guitar is when i've been using compression you have to be a bit careful on the eq so if you you know with those two examples you can hear that it's colored the tone a little bit more and it's a bit warmer and it's a bit more it's a bit muddier towards the bottom. You don't get that with the BBE. Um but you do with the Keeley, I found. Um and I know it's a, a it's kind of a no it's a known thing with um with that
0: yeah. um, with that it's, circuit. It's worth noting with the Keeley, because um obviously I borrowed it off of you when I was yeah. look shopping around for compressors just to to try it out. Um it does have a real base roll off. Yeah. So as soon as I went down to like drop D or something it really lacked a lot of the bottom end, yeah, massively. Which is a, which is a real shame for me because actually, when it's compressing, when I'm playing further up the neck, it sounds yeah. great. It sounds really good, but it just seems to just disappear a little bit. So it's it's perfect for guitar because you're never going down that low.
1: because never going down that low. No, I yeah. know it does have a a bass roll off, and even when I go down to you know, if you play a big open E chord or something like that, you know. The bass disappears a lot sooner than the rest of the strings, you know. Um, And so we did another one. We put the same thing through the uh, opto comp, opto stomp. Yep.
0: Just sounds a bit warmer.
1: It does sound a bit Sounds warmer. a little bit nicer. Quite frustrating. I might have to go and buy one. <laughs> it's um, too
0: big for your pedal boy. <laughs> it's too big for my pedal board. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, again, you know, it's good. It squashes the sound. It does what you need it to do. Um, for, you know, contextually, uh, for guitar anyway, you know, you're looking for little funk lines. Um a popping lines and things like that is really when compression's going to... And like chicken yeah. picking that country yeah. kind of jam jam band it's kind of stuff. It's far
0: less needed on guitar than it is on bass. Yeah. I really find.
1: I always find as well, by the time I've got the compression to where I want it, if the band then suddenly ramps up a gear, I kind of lack a little bit of headroom. I kind of yeah. lack... I I don't but I feel like I do that's the thing I like I want it to you know I want to be able to just dig in a lot harder because I don't you know once I've got everything set I tend not to change a huge amount yeah so when I've you know I've got the amp set it's all good the band starts pushing on a little bit more and you know the volumes go up by a couple of dB I'll naturally do that with my hands, because you just start digging in a bit more. Of course, because you've got a compressor in the way, makes absolutely no you're, difference You're digging at in all. and
0: it's not giving you anything back. Yeah, exactly. The compressor's just chopping it all off.
1: It's just squashing it all down. And because then it's squashing it all down, if you've got... So I run my compressor. is the first thing on my pedal board. So my guitar goes straight into that. It actually is before my tuner. And that was because I organised my pedal board badly. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's um, I'll go straight into the compressor. Um, and then into all the gain pedals and delays and things like that. So if you start digging in really hard into your compressor and it's squashing it, and then you're going into overdrive pedals, it's very, it can start becoming a bit unmanageable in terms of, you know, sound and extra noise that you're getting through the amp and feedback and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're going to get a lot
0: more noise than that, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Because it's bringing up, the quieter bits yeah and the quiet noise is in that region in, of the yeah. quieter bits unfortunately
1: exactly i mean but equally you know i kind of have to have it i use it that way around so that i've got a couple of pedals on my board so that if i do want to want a bit more volume a bit more boost or a bit more a bit more from my amp you step on something i can step on yeah. something and then it's like cool compressed signal guitars all nice and and even and now it goes into this pedal which boosts it out again yeah um but don't forget, that's also boosting all of the other stuff that nests, not necessarily you would hear. So it's boosting all the noise, so all that electrical noise and hiss and buzz and hum and yeah. all the overtones, which can sound fantastic, but also can sound just dreadful. Because, <laughs> you know, I've been, um, I've been doing a lot of gigs recently and, and I've had it on on all of those. And, you know, standing in front of an amp, and you're getting ready for the next song and they're going, cool, we're going to call this one. And you've got quite a high gain sound and you step on, step on, you know, I've got the SL drive on my board at the minute, which is noisy anyway. You step on that and even with the guitar off, the volume down on the guitar, just the noise of the pedalboard through the amp is just going. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh compression. It's a, a it's a it's a good thing and I suggest that everyone goes and
0: well, just read up about it. It's yeah. it's a deep deep topic that you can it is get massive. very lost in and I I don't pretend to know everything about it. But Oh, no, not and, even as close. as we've quite clearly proven in this little 40 minutes or whatever. <laughs> um but I think if we've kind of, you know, if you've if people have learned anything and if you're a little bit more curious, just go and read up about it. Because yeah. there's so much to learn and so many different uh, possible compressors out there. And I think something that's really important to remember is they all do the same job.
1: They do all do the same job. Yeah. So it's find one that works for you, I suppose. Yeah,
0: my Dynamics sub-menu in Pro Tools when I go to the plugins, is, which is where all my compressors are, Yeah, is terrifying. <laughs> because there's just, just hundreds and hundreds of different possibilities you can go with yeah. but if you've got logic or pro tools or something like that and you want to just try and play or even as you said garage band yeah just try and play around with compressors and really listen to how they work and what they're doing to the signal yeah they can make your life a damn sight easier and yeah, they can definitely. make you sound a damn sight more professional yeah completely. which is why i've got one on my pedalboard all the time
1: yeah and you know I've not had one on my pedal board for a couple of years now, and I've put it on for the series of gigs that I've been doing over christmas and I have to say it will probably stay there just well, it'll probably stay there for about another year until I get yeah. and change it around, but then I'll probably replace it with something else cause it's been very handy to have um particularly if you're working with bands with backing tracks and you're working with bands that um you know, front of house engineers want really consistent volume and tone and things like that. Um, yeah, for sure. Then, then, then do it. Yeah, we could talk about
0: this for days, but we I, could. I don't think we should.
1: So, um, I think the thing to do is, if we have wetted your compression appetite, uh, go to Ovnylab, which is Ovnylab.com. Yes. Um, and just. Uh, first go and be bemused and beguiled by the sheer number of compressions that he's, uh, <laughs> he's, that he's written rude. about. Um, but also, uh, he, you know, that's a fantastic website. If you're looking at something and you're not quite sure whether it's going to do the right job or you want to read reviews about it or you just want to read more about anything to do with compression, um, he's got a very funny article about uh, guitarists on there as well, which I've just read. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, oh, I haven't w- seen that. Which is one which is like just, just for the guitarists. Uh which is which is quite amusing. Um just go and, and have a look. That's ovnilabs.com. Um as always come and find us on Instagram, which is at audioblobs, uh Twitter is at audioblobscast, and the website is audioblobs.com. You can also find us on Facebook, which is forward slash audioblobs. My God. All of all of the social medias. <laughs> awesome. Um, Have a good one and uh, we shall... uh, In a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Bye.